Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. So we are in um, Isaiah 11 this morning. It's five verses, so we should be done at 6.05. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is fully loaded. So let me pray, and then we'll jump into this. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for um, just the incredible revelation that comes out of these five verses this morning. Father, we pray that your word would touch us, that your word would move us, that your word would um, bring life to us. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to read this. Um, I think I'm going to read in two different translations because um, it's five verses, so we can actually do that today. But there's so much in this. Um, let me jump in. So a branch from Jesse. So Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 5. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. I'm going to bring this up in the... There was NIV. I'm just going to go to NLT. Um, it's slightly different, mostly the same. But verse 1 says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow... A shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old, and the rest is pretty much the same. And let me let me go on. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the, and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord, he will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. That's a little different. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the, the wicked. He will wear righteousness, righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. All right, so we are in uh, the first week of Advent. It started November 27th. And the first week of Advent basically focus on, focuses on Christ is coming. And this, if you noticed on the soap card, this section of our soaping is entitled Christ is coming. So I don't know if you noticed, but it's just a beautiful picture that's painted here by Jesus, right? 
about this coming king. And um, we want to celebrate that. And these verses are really loaded. So I'm going to jump in here. And I'm going to start with that first verse. And so it talks about a shoot to come up from the stump of Jesse. And the other version, we'll go back to the other version. Yeah, they both say stump. And the significance here is, let's talk about Jesse first. So who's Jesse? Jesse is David's father and someone who's way less famous than David, right? So the first thing we notice here is, is this focus on this humility of who the coming king is. You know, he's from the stump of Jesse. They could have said from the line of David, but Isaiah doesn't say that. He says from, you know, from Jesse. And so that's it's, there's an implication of humility and it, it's much humbler to say, you know, Jesus comes from Jesse. So, okay, so the first thing is there's humility here. The second thing is you know, this royal authority of this line was dormant for about 600 years, you know, when Jesus was born. So a branch that seemed dead is now alive again, right? So there's this stump that was seemingly lifeless has now burst forth life. And that life and this new shoot, this new branch is Jesus the coming king. So kind of four, four words or phrases that kind of summarize this first section is, is a stump, so basically something that's lifeless. It was a shoot, new life or a new branch. It came from this old root. So new life um, from old. Now let's look at a little application here. And I really think this is maybe a word for someone this morning. And so for application here, that which appears dead is made alive by Jesus, right? It's nourished by the Holy Spirit. And I want to say it doesn't matter. I think this maybe someone who's going to listen to this who's thinking about their past and how far you are from Jesus. You know what? It doesn't matter how far you think you are. Jesus brings life to that which seems dead. Jesus is the one through the Holy Spirit that's going to bring forth that new life. And I know a lot of you are possibly going to um, um, Freedom Conference this weekend. And maybe there's something that's held you captive for a long time, something that's maybe uh, stunted your your faith or kind of allowed your or stopped your faith from growing. I think what the Lord wants to say today is that thing's going to be pruned and a shoot of hope is going to spring forth if you will allow it. You know, if you're willing, he is able, right? Because he brings life to death. And new, newness of life will start as we begin to understand and believe what these five verses are saying about Jesus. Amen? All right. So here we are, verse 2-ish. Okay, so I want to read this section again. And it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Okay. Um, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So now, let me just get my show in the right place here. 
Okay, so the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So right away we see that this apparently dead stump is full of life, right? And it's full of the Spirit of the Lord. Shall rest upon him. So we we recognize here that Jesus, who's the Messiah, who ministered as a man, is filled with the Spirit of God. So he has all these things, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. And then Jesus displayed all these things in his ministry from his reliance on the Holy Spirit who filled him. So we get this nice picture of things um, that allowed Jesus to be who he was, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. So we want to break this down a little more. And you'll notice there were seven things that were mentioned. And, you know, seven is a significant number in the Bible. It speaks of fullness and completion. So Jesus is the whole package. He doesn't need anything. He has everything. Okay. Let me just grab a little drink here. Okay. The spirit of wisdom is upon the Messiah. So Jesus is perfect in all things. You know, he showed this during his earthly ministry. And he shows it now as he continues to minister in heaven for his people. Um, not only is Jesus full of wisdom, but he has the power to execute his righteous rule, right? So there's two different things, right? Some people are wise, but not everyone has that ability um, to execute righteous rule. But Jesus <laughs> is uniquely um, able to do that. Okay, uh, one Corinth, First Corinthians one thirty says, "It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption." So, what that verse is saying is that um, Jesus became for us wisdom from God. It isn't just that Jesus has wisdom; He is wisdom, right? He is all wise. He is all knowledge. Okay, um, then it goes on to say the spirit of wisdom and understanding is upon the Messiah. Jesus understands all things. He understands us perfectly. Um, he is perfectly suited, right, to be our sympathetic high priest in heaven. Um, you can look at Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. And I think that's significant because, you know, Men will try to understand us, but Jesus does understand all things, and not only our situation, but everything that's needed to get us out of that. So we have the sympathetic high priest. It goes on to say the spirit of counsel. Um, Jesus has the perfect counsel for us at all times, right? We can turn to man, we can turn to other people, but it's really only Jesus through the word. He is both the wisdom and the understanding to be that perfect counselor. Um, the spirit of might, I mean, or might is upon the Messiah. And Jesus has the power to do what he desires to do, right? There are people that desire to help us, but are powerless to do that. Um, others might have the power to help us, but maybe they don't care about us or they don't have the knowledge. But Jesus has both the love and the might, right, the power to be able to help us. 
Okay, spirit of knowledge. I like this one. Jesus knows everything. <laughs> he knows our hearts and he knows all the facts. There might be things that you think he doesn't know about you. There's things that are happening in the darkness, but he does. He knows everything. And Jesus has knowledge that we don't have. So it shouldn't surprise us that sometimes his decisions seem strange or wrong or counter to what we think, right? And I'm going to do one more, and then we'll look at a little application here. Um, the spirit, okay, the fear of the Lord is upon the Messiah. So Jesus willingly kept himself in a place of submission, respect, and honor to God the Father. Now, this is significant. Um, so let's take a little application out of this. The first step towards knowledge or understanding for you might be the revelation that, that or maybe a revelation might be submission and respect to the Lord, right? So if we really want to walk in God's path and we really want to receive revelation, maybe we're lacking that step of submission and respect, right? And honor to the Lord. You know, there are times that we have to listen to the word of God and it's going to be different to what the world tells us. Why? Because we've gained knowledge and understanding from our relationship with Jesus and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in us. So, you know, for you today, this morning, for me, is there something that I need to submit to the Lord so that he can do what he wants to do in my life? Still tracking with me? You doing okay? Okay. Okay, so we have the spirit of the Lord of, uh, of wisdom and understanding. These are the phrases of counsel and might, of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So the seven things and these seven aspects of the spirit of God are not only the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, but they again group together in seven to show the fullness and perfection of the Holy Spirit, right? So we again have this picture of fullness and completion. And in essence, these are also the characteristics of Jesus, right? They describe the very nature of who Jesus is. Um, there's no difference between the nature of Jesus and the nature of the Holy Spirit. And I love this verse, John 14, 9, 9 says, when we see Jesus, we see the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And I think for us, the challenge is, are we allowing other people to see Jesus and see the Father through us, right? Because we are called to be um, the hands and feet of Jesus. All right, let's jump into um, verse three to five. Okay, so the perfect character of the Messiah. Verse three, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness, he will judge the needy. Another word there could be poor. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his, of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Okay, so 
Nothing pleases Jesus more, right, than doing the will of his Father. That's from John 4, 34. Uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus delights in doing what his Father has called him to do. Uh, 4a, uh, with righteousness, he will judge the needy. Okay, so Jesus doesn't look at outward appearance. Doesn't rely on outward appearance. He doesn't care what we look like. You know, he judges with righteousness, right? So because he is right with God, he's able to do that. He's able to give the poor justice. And if the poor and the weak are given justice, then everyone will be, right? So the poor and the exploited would receive their justice due to them, which the wicked leaders of Judah had withheld. So if you go back, um, in Isaiah, you'll see this, that justice had been withheld. But in Isaiah 11, it says the coming king is the one who will give justice to everyone. All right, so here's another little application point here. Um, we are reminded of the grace of Jesus that is available to everyone, right? The poor, the weak. We are given justice and made right with God. So righteousness means right with God. Uh, but righteousness has a cost, right? It, it it requires a payment. And we need to remember that Jesus was that payment for everyone. Grace covers all things. Um, understanding and receiving grace is the first step to newness of life, right? The first step of allowing a shoot of newness to bring forth from that which seems dead is understanding and receiving grace. And so we have to begin in that place of being right with God so that he can bring forth that new life, that new thing that he wants to do in us, that that which seems dead would come alive again. I really love these five verses. There is so much in these five verses. Uh, 4B, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. So... The mere words of Jesus have the power to judge the wicked, right? He only has to announce a judgment and it is done. And so I think it's reminding us here that, you know, judgment is not ours. It is his. And that he has the power and he will do what is right. And so we need to trust in that. I um, mean, this last verse in verse 5. It says, um, I'm actually going to switch to different version real quick. Let me go to this one. And it says, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. And let me just bring that up in one other version. Uh, the NK New King James says, basically the same righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. And so imagine, um, you know, these garments and the garments, Jesus' garments were all these things. Um, let me go back a little bit. Uh, back up a little more. So the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, wisdom, might, spirit of knowledge, fear of the Lord. And so we have this description of who Jesus is. And finally, it says these last two things, righteousness and faithfulness, 
are the belt and the sash. And so everything is held together um, by these two things. And um, we'll give you a little picture going back to Isaiah 121, where it says, see how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She was once full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderous. So the contrast to what had become was this coming King Jesus was clothed in righteousness and faithfulness, right? It's righteousness and faithfulness that is holding everything together. And um, I think what we need to take away from this is, is that we can trust him, right? Jesus is trustworthy. He is faithful. Um, he is faithful not to that only that generation, but all generations. It's because of his righteousness, so being right in the eyes of God and the giving of his life as a perfect sacrifice that we are freed from sin and live in relationship with him, that we can live in righteousness, right? And we can live in righteousness and faithfulness. Wow. That's pretty wild. So... Five verses with a lot of uh, depth. And I think probably the biggest thing for me this morning and maybe for you is this idea of Jesus who has all these characteristics, who has the power, who is God, who matches the uh, characteristics of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? He has the power to bring out of us new life. And just like that stump that seemed dead, and there might be something holding you back today, and I keep coming back to this, there might be something that um, makes you feel like you're not growing, and you just like that stump that's sitting there. But Jesus is saying, hey, I have the power I have the will, I have the ability, and if you just give it up to me because of what I've done for you before um, through the giving of my life, grace abounds, new life abounds, and so Jesus wants to allow that spring, that new branch to spring forth today. So keep that image in your mind. You know, be praying. Is there something holding you back? Is there something new that you need to allow the Holy Spirit to do in you? Um, as we as we contemplate with Isaiah, the coming King, or for us, the King that is with us, who lives in us, let's just remember that He's in us and He's with us and He's willing and able. And he is the giver of life and the giver of good gifts. So I'm keeping it a little shorter this morning because I don't want to say, um, speak for the sake of speaking. I want to allow the word to do that. And so, um, yeah, let's just rejoice in the coming king. Let us um, look forward to what he wants to do in us and let us allow him Um to bring that new life forth. Amen. Everyone good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the word is powerful, right? And so let me pray for you guys. And if you are involved with um, freedom, 
tonight, tomorrow. Uh, I'd like to pray for you too. So let's just um, let's just close this in prayer. Father, we just thank you that you are everything we need. Father, you have done everything. You've given us everything by giving us Jesus, your son, and you've given us the Holy Spirit who ministers to us, who challenges us, who empowers us. Father, I just think of uh, that stump. Um, for 600 years, Father, it lay dormant, that root of Jesse. But yet you decided to uh, spring forth a branch, new life, that was Jesus. And Father, we are so thankful that Jesus um, has the power. Jesus is everything we need. And Father, we thank you that we can have that same righteousness through that gift of your son. Father, this morning, would you challenge us to cast off those things which are dead? Father, so that you can begin to birth new life and new branches of hope and faithfulness in us. Father, we think of those coming to um, Freedom Conference tonight. And Father, we know that um, chains are going to be broken and um, that which is dead is going to be cast off. And so, Father, we pray for protection and covering. And, Father, we pray against cars breaking down or um, fights between a husband and wife. Father, you know the enemy will use anything to deter what you will do tonight. So, Father, we just pray age of protection against those who are coming. We pray for those who are serving, Father, that you would fill them with a full measure of your Holy Spirit, Father, with a full measure of wisdom and protection and knowledge uh, that comes from you. So, Father, we we are excited that you've given us the gift of Jesus. We celebrate um, with Isaiah this beautiful picture of Jesus, the coming King. But, Father, we are thankful that Jesus lives in us. Look forward to the day that Jesus will return and all things will be made new. So, Father, we give this day to you, we give ourselves to you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.